July 2nd, 2020. This is the Hermetic Hour, and I'm your host, Pope Runyon, Frater Clavion. And tonight, we will reveal the lost initiatory scroll of the Soul Travel Boat, written in the early days of the Order of the Temple of Astarte. This lost document was recently rediscovered while we were doing research for the second volume of Hermetic Yoga. And we have decided to release it, along with one of the advanced pathworkings that uses the soul travel boat. This one from Malkuth to Hesed via the 29th and the 21st paths. So, if you want to fly the skies of the astral plane with us, then tune in and climb aboard the soul travel boat. Now, this is something of an Indiana Jones-type episode. Now, digging through the files of the old 1970s manuscripts, we came across the original document establishing our soul travel boat and the waxen simulacrum that the astral voyager would use to sail it. The boat was basically a magical toy and the simulacrum a magical action figure. Using them would be adult child's play. Then that's what magic is, adult child's play. And this old manuscript was written in initiatory style because initiations are also child's play. Exercises in that precious creative resource the child squanders on its way to maturity, the imagination. We had intended to render the manuscript on parchment as a scroll to be kept in the chest with the boat and the simulacrum as part of the set. But it remained in manuscript. I will ask you to use your imagination and envision the master at the altar with the ibis boat in the center as he unrolls the scroll and reads, Child of the light, Know that the ancient Magi of our tradition could not only evoke the two and seventy spirits of the brass vessel into the mirror of the soul in the triangle of the art, but they were also masters of a secret method whereby they could travel in the far realm of wonder called the Olam Yetzirah, the world of formation, and converse with the celestial intelligences in the very seats of their awesome power in the great palaces of the Sephirot. Because you have proved yourself worthy and diligent in your study and practice thus far, we will deliver this method into your keeping, enjoining you to undertake it exactly in the manner described and observe all the prescriptions and instructions as stated because there are hidden dangers that may otherwise confound the imprudent and the unwise of this procedure and practice. Firstly, you should understand that this world of formation, now called the astral plane, is an inner realm within the vastness of your own mind, for your mind is a mirror of the boundless universe, wherein you may fly to the most distant star at the speed of thought. In this mystic realm, mythology and scripture assume reality and all the powers and portents of legend. 
This mystic realm may be likened to a dark ocean, whereupon your soul floats like a fallen leaf each night in dreams. On this dark ocean of the dreaming mind are wondrous islands with temples and palaces of the ancient gods and goddesses. These are both the separate of the Otkheim, the planets of the solar system, and the chakras of the body of light, enchanted isles in the ocean of your deep mind. You should know that your soul does indeed float on such a dark sea each night, and it is upon this ocean of dreams that you will make your voyages of inner exploration. But no longer will you be driven by the winds and tides without a rudder or a compass. No longer will you drift without a chart to guide you. Even as the ancient Phoenician god Kusor built a boat to sail the starways, so shall you, child of the light, build a magical craft the length of which shall be the span from thine elbow to thy wrist, carved by thine own hand from a block of wood. And it shall have a prow in the likeness of an ibis head, sacred to Thoth, god of wisdom, whom we equate with Hermes and Kusor. The wings of the ibis boat shall be folded back along the forts, from bow to stern with the fantail, behind the cockpit aft, decorated as a bird's tail, as we have shown in the plans provided. Under the fantail you shall affix the rudder. Now the cockpit and tiller should be set well aft, directly amidships you will install a compass in the deck, and at the thwarts two candle holders. Your boat shall then be painted entirely black on the larboard side, and white on the starboard from keel to deck, with silver and gold trim detailing the figurehead, wings, gunnels, and stern sheets. And all the while you carve and fashion and paint your craft, you should softly repeat this invocation. Great Crusoe, make this boat staunch and seaworthy, so that I may sail safely over the sea of dreams. When your boat is complete, you may launch it upon the pool within the bezel of the compass rose atop your double cube temple altar with this declaration. Great Lady Asherat of the Sea, Queen of Heaven and Wife of Great El, Lord of the Universe, bless this dream ship and keep its captain and crew safe. On all the seas they sail and upon all the enchanted isles they visit. You may then aim the ibis beak toward the dark glass of the soul door in the west, upon which you may fix the astral symbol of your destination. You may then light the candles on the thwarts and conjure you and your crew into trance. And when all are enchanted, your tiny spirit bodies may board the Ibis boat, which at your command will spread its wings and fly through the soul door into the Olam Yetzirah and on to your destination. Now there is a more ancient method for using the boat, which we will also impart to you. This method will be especially useful if you alone are using the boat. You may fashion a simulacrum of yourself, made from the purest beeswax, the full length of this image shall be the span of your index finger from the first knuckle to the tip. 
after which you shall mold it into a seated posture so that it may sit comfortably on the transom of the boat with its hand firmly on the tiller. This simulacrum should be the truest likeness you can create in this proportional scale. The melted wax must be impregnated with your blood, semen, or effluvium, and the hair should be your own, both on the head and the private parts, and into the wax of each hand, the fingernail pairing should be inserted. And as you insert these personal links, you should silently invoke your holy guardian angel to protect you whenever you employ the simulacrum as a vehicle for your spirit. And should you wish to disassemble the work, a wick should be enclosed in the wax extending from the top of the head to the seat. To protect against an enemy stealing your image to do you harm, you should insert a strip of parchment into the melted wax upon which you will write, If this mine image be ill-used, he who does it harm shall be the one abused. But should I elect this mine image to dissolve, only my sins shall thus be absolved. Even with these precautions taken, the simulacrum is a personalized magical tool as potent as the wand and the ring and the boat, and all should be kept wrapped in silk and locked in a strong chest as treasures of magical art. The master rolls up the scroll, puts it inside the chest beside the simulacrum. He directs the candles flanking the soul door in the west to be lit, illuminating the Hesed blue square icon on the dark glass. He lights the blue candles on the soul travel boat and points the ibis beak toward the blue square icon on the mirror. He invites his crew to take seats around the altar, and the voyage begins. And the master shall narrate. You are completely relaxed and inert. Your physical body is like a huge stone statue, 100 feet tall. Before you stands the gigantic altar. It is a colossal structure, like a tall building with a great flat roof upon which is a round pool of dark water. In this pool floats Kothar's magical boat, ready for us to board. The boat is 30 feet long with a cockpit large enough to hold us all. The boat's wings are folded now, but when we are all safely aboard, the wings will spread and we will be on our way through the great dark mirror. Now change your focus to the mirror, realizing that it is a window into the vast universe, a portal through which we may pass into realms deep within and far beyond ourselves. It is the gateway to the inner planes, which extend to the farthest reaches of time and space. In the name of the Archangel Zadkiel, I declare the gateway to the 21st path and the sphere of Hesed is hereby unsealed and open. Now shift your focus back to the boat and follow my instructions. I will count from 10 down to 1, and as I count, your physical eyes will begin to close, and your physical body will become completely inert. 
your tiny spiritual body will come alive within you and become the seat of your consciousness. Your spiritual body is located at the back at the back of your tongue, ready to launch itself out and explore the universe beyond, remembering everything after it returns. Your spiritual body is only two inches high, glowing with energy and anxious to be free. One, your physical eyelids are very heavy. Two, your physical body is completely inert. Three, your consciousness is completely transferred to your spirit body. Four, your physical eyelids are half closed now. Five, your spiritual body is ready to make the leap. Six, your physical eyelids are nearly closed. Seven, your spirit body's eyes are open. Eight, body is moving now. Nine, your physical eyelids are closing. Ten, your physical eyelids close and your spiritual body flies out to the great top of the altar building where we all board the boat and sit together in the cockpit. The boat spreads its wings and lifts up out of the pool and flies off toward the great dark mirror. We fly through the portal and on into the vast starry night sky of the Yetzirah realm. Down below us, we see the shimmering path of the moon illuminating the coral reef, which we recall is the domain of the undies. And on ahead of us looms the sinister island of the Dark Mother. We fly over this dismal place and on toward the shining emerald beacon atop the Temple of Astarte on the beautiful island of Netsok. We fly over the lovely gardens and meadows of this fertile realm of the goddess, finally leaving it behind. Ahead of us lies a small, rocky, barren island with nothing but a vast nighted seascape stretching out to the dark horizon, to the end of the world. Our winged boat circles down and lands on the barren island. We disembark and make our way to the top of the highest crag, and here we discover a very unusual feature looming before us, crowning the summit rises a freestanding megalithic stone arch. The two massive stone uprights are set very close together, too close for a human body to pass through. We realize that this is some sort of ancient sighting device. The letter Kaf in ancient Phoenician is carved on the lintel stone far above our heads. Looking out... At the endless sweep of the nighted horizon, we see the vast, star-scattered vault of the heavens, etched more clearly than we have ever beheld it before. The constellations of the zodiac are clearly visible, and as we study them, we can even see the faint outlines of the mythological figures traced between the stars. This is the great twelve-spoke wheel of death and rebirth, the mighty clock face of eternity. Pisces now lies just on the horizon, as seen through the sighting slot between the megaliths. 
suddenly there's a flash of light, a sunrise at vernal equinox. And the great wheel rolls backwards, bringing Aries into, into the position it occupied over a thousand years earlier. Another flash, another sunrise, and the wheel rolls again, sliding back to bring Taurus into position where it was in 3000 B.C. Another flash, and Gemini rolls back. Flash again, and Cancer takes its place in the slot. Now the flashes come faster and faster as the great wheel picks up momentum. Leo passes by, followed by Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and finally Pisces again. We are looking out at the sky of 21,000 years ago. The momentum of the great wheel slows down. Another flash for Aries, and it finally stops as the last flash of an ancient sunrise at Vernal Equinox in Taurus in the year 22,687 B.C. We return to our boat and climb aboard. The boat spreads its wings and flies out into the sunrise. As the beautiful dawn spreads its light over the ocean below, we see a vast island continent on the horizon. As we approach this landmass, we see the distant shimmer of a great city on the seacoast. The rising sun reflects off the domes, sheathed with a ruddy metal and surmounted with dazzling crystals. The city is laid out in a series of concentric rings. We, we see they are actually water-filled canals, over which four great causeways form an equilateral cross, like the arms of a compass rose. Great towered bridges rise in the north, south, east, and west gates of the city. In the exact center of this glittering metropolis is a huge building that we know must be the temple. Its great shining dome and massive columns are an awe-inspiring sight. We land in the great courtyard of the temple and we dismount from our boat. We are met by a priest and a priestess of Poseidon. Both wear simple but elegant white robes. They are gentle and friendly people, welcoming us warmly. You are here to meet the elder, they ask us. And we answer yes. And they conduct us up the steps into the temple's vast, high-ceilinged interior. The huge statue of Poseidon looms over us, god of the waters. He sits on a huge seashell throne, holding his great trite upright. We notice that the statue's two eyes are open, but the third eye in his forehead is closed. We are taken through a doorway between his feet, and we begin to ascend a spiral staircase that winds its way up and around the spine of the god. The stairway is illuminated by the colored glow of each of Poseidon's psychic centers as we climb upward, past the amethystine violet of Yasod, the fire-opal orange of Hoth, the emerald green of Nutsak, the golden yellow of Tipereth, the ruby red of Gabora, and on up toward the sapphire blue of Hesed. We enter the vaulted interior of Poseidon's head, and through the windows of his eyes we look out 
on the nave of the temple in the city beyond. Above and between his eyes, there is another portal covered by a curtain. Looking toward the back of the chamber, we see a pool of clear water lit by glowing blue lights. As we gaze into the depths, we see the submerged form of a strange and yet beautiful being, an amphibian from another world. The creature swims gracefully up toward us and emerges, confronting us with eyes so wise and penetrating that we are almost embarrassed to meet the stare. And yet, there is nothing fearful or intimidating in the, in, in, in the thoughts which he projects into our minds. I am the elder, the being tells us. I am the last of my kind. When I pass on, I will live within you, for my home world has vanished. I took refuge here, and I will reincarnate here. I am the teacher, the one called Iwanis, Dagon, Vishnu, and Capricorn. If you will turn and face the curtain, I will instruct you and give you my gift. We turn and stand before the curtained portal. Dagon speaks to us in our minds. You are here in your spirit bodies, and so we will do this in spirit form. Place your spirit hands together in the prayer mudra, yeah, in front of your face. Declare what you want your consciousness to view or to visit, and the time in the past or in the future. Thus you are defining your target. Then push your thumbs together as you open your hands, you over your third eye, for long-range projection in the far reaches of the universe. You may use the Tesseract, the four-dimensional cube, as a sighting and navigating device, or you may also perform this operation with your physical hands before your face in the same manner that you do in your master ritual to project into the scene that you are viewing, simply lower your physical or your spirit hands and step into the scene. And while you are here, I suggest that you project into our workshops and observe how we grow crystals to receive and absorb the sun's energy and transform it into electricity and how we forge and cast our copper and zinc alloy, oracleum. Well, following Dagon's suggestion, we raise our spirit hands to our faces, open our third eyes, and view the scenes he has described. And after we have completed our tour of the workshops, we return to the temple and we thank Dagon for his gift. The priest and the priestess meet us at the top of the stairs and lead us down to the temple. And then back into the courtyard where we find our boat. Now, waving goodbye to the friendly Atlanteans, we climb aboard. The boat spreads its wings and lifts off, flying us back the way we came, toward the Isle of Eternity. It is night again when we reach the Isle. We fly around the megalithic arch, 
in a clockwise direction, seeing sunrise flash through the gate of the equinox until finally we have returned to our own time. The boat wings us back over the islands of uh, Netsok and then on past the Isle of the Dark Mother, coming at last to the Reef of the Undines. Here we fly through the great portal in the stars, down into the Temple of Malkuth, and land in the pool on the altar top. We disembark from our, from our boat, we fly back into our great inert forms, and begin the process of linking up and reactivating our physical bodies. And you will remember everything you have experienced and learned. One, your spiritual body is linked with your physical. Two, your physical body is returning to consciousness. Three, you are fully awake and alert. And that, of course, concludes the pathworking. And... Uh, I would like to mention a few things uh, in, re in reference to this. In order to make this, what Dagon has revealed, work for you, you are first going to have to master the tantric yoga system that we very, very briefly summarized going up through the statue of Poseidon. And uh, we, we, as we went up the spiral staircase, we went past Poseidon's psychic centers. You're going to have to learn, in order to make this work, uh, in, in order to open your third eye and, and do this projection, you will need to, to learn to work your, your chakra system. You will need to do that. But as if you were able to experience it here in, the, in this path working, then, then you'd appreciate how important it is. And we very, very much encourage encourage you to uh, you know, to pursue this path if you if you if you find it fascinating, uh and, and we hope you do, that that you will want to learn more about it. And so, uh definitely. Also I'd like to I'd like to mention a few things about about the sources because uh, those uh, those of you who are academics who you know we had, you know, the academic always wants to know to, where did you get all this where did where, where did all this information come from so so let's talk about the sources a little bit Kusur's boat comes from a very ancient document called the Theology of the Phoenicians by the by the Syrian uh, Hermetic philosopher Sancho Neato and. You can uh, find that in, in Preston Corey's Ancient Fragments. Uh, and and it, uh, it, Kusor, the, the blacksmith, who, of course, is cognate with, with Vulcan and Hephaestus, and, and uh, he, his name in, in, in one of the Phoenician cities, I don't know which one, that Sancho Diapo was drawing it from was Hanshu. Uh, so the, in, in, in that that was the original in, and and that and this by the way is the same document where I derive where I derive my magical name Fabian. Fabian was according to Sancho Niapo the first uh, the first high priest among the Phoenicians. So that's where I when I when I finally 
you know, got into the inner order I, of Craterapola, I, 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 I assumed the name of Fabian, and, which I hope I can live up to. Uh, anyway, the, um, the soul boat, Kusor or, or Hanshu, supposedly invented, invented the first fishing boat. Uh, the god of the, they, 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 he, he was, he is equated with Mercury, you know, uh, or Hermes, uh, in in uh, in the ancient Canaanite Phoenician uh, uh, theology. Now, I would also like to credit this soul boat had its origins in ancient Babylon, and I was fired by Abraham Merritt's wonderful, wonderful uh, romantic fantasy, The Ship of Ishtar, which we have which we have reviewed on the Hermetic Hour. And The Ship of Ishtar is a wonderful, uh, wonderful fantasy. Uh, and Merritt was, was, yeah, he's a professional journalist, but he was also something of an anthropologist and and, and uh, I strongly recommend the ship of Ishtar as as not just entertainment but also good magical reading. And in the ship of Ishtar the the ship was half well the 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 the, the whole from amidships forward was all white and that was the that was the uh uh the part of the ship inhabited by by the priestess of Ishtar, and and the stern all the way, uh, you know, from amidships to the to the stern was black, and that was the that was the stern castle was the the home of Nergal, the uh, you know the evil uh, the evil god Nergal, and, and that that although you know we have the we we have the, uh, the our soul travel boat. Is uh, is is black on the on the on the port side. I said I said larboard in the scroll because that's more archaic, and it's just it's black on the on the port side and, and white on the on the starboard side. And then uh, so the. Also, we should mention that that there were the Egyptian, there were a number number of Egyptian soul travel boats too, and and the uh, the simulacrum, of course, is a very ancient magical device, and and uh, all of these, by the way, this entire script that we have done tonight will be on our website as a blog, but unfortunately our website is private for members only. So I strongly encourage, and we're going to have photographs, beautiful photographs that, that uh, Sir Arzandria took of the boat and the simulacrum uh, that, uh, that, you, that you want to look at. I encourage you, if you, if you would like to, to, to read this script again, uh, 
or download it or and see these, these the photographs of the boat, I very much encourage you to investigate our associate member program. And uh and you know, uh it's uh and we have we have lessons and and, and uh and 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 especially now these days where where you know where you we 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 are locked down and we can't uh, uh, we, we can't uh, uh, socialize too much. This this gives you gives you an activity on that you can do on the internet and uh, and you can't get on the website really until you become a member. So uh, go to the go to the website uh, go to the website chsota dot org. That's it. It's a very simple chsota dot org, and and you'll go to the public page, and and down down past the the ad for Adamson's Quest, which I really really would recommend that you that that that's a path working in itself, Adamson's Quest, and and uh, that's now available on Amazon, and I'd very very much uh and very very much. Encourage you to go look, look, look for Adams's Quest on on Amazon, and and uh, and if you liked this pathworking adventure tonight, that Adams's Quest is a novel, is a novel based on on the pathworking program, and uh, yeah, but right down below the ad for Adams's Quest, it says in big type membership, and then there's this, then there's a description of of what you need to do to become an associate member. And I strongly encourage you all to go uh, and uh, read that and get with us and uh, and, uh, and, and learn, this, learn this art and participate in it. And, and, uh, and we'll, we, will, we will welcome you aboard and, 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 and magic, magic is is about as difficult as a as a as a as a martial art or a, or a yoga or a yoga program. It's not easy, but it but it but it, it can be learned and and it certainly can be enjoyed. And and so uh, I'll leave you now. And then next week we'll be back with another with another episode of the Hermetic Hour. And uh, and until then. As I said, please uh, please go to our website chsota.org and and read the read the instructions under under the under the heading of membership and and go to Amazon and look up Adamson's Quest and Shamgar the Purple Dragon and then then you can uh, you can experience. Uh, a novelized version of the Pathworking Program. So until next week, goodbye and good magic.